Hello and welcome to Hawkeye Nation. This is Hotcast, your Iowa football, basketball, and recruiting podcast brought to you by GoIowAwesomeAndRivals.com. I'm your recruiting analyst and host, Elliot Clough, at Elliot Clough on Twitter. Joined, as always, by publisher Adam Jacoby and managing editor Ross Binder. And boy, oh boy, it's all come to a head. Here we are, Iowa fan base. You made it. You did it. We believed in you. And you did it. Adam. You were the one who told us about the news. We saw it elsewhere, of course, some rumblings and stuff like that, but really got some official word on it. I spoke to a source as well and got that information confirmed later. You were the one who shared it with us, though. Uh, Brian Ferentz, he is out as offensive coordinator at Iowa at the end of the season. What did you think when you heard this information, Mr. Jacoby? it's it's something that I I you'll remember the last time that we recorded, I had said that one of the things that I expected us to be talking about over the bye week was what was going to happen to Brian. I was half expecting, half expecting, only half, that he would have already announced a resignation at that point, just because of how untenable this situation was. And that's what we sort of learned about how all of this has transpired since then is that everybody in that room understands on some level that this had become a distraction, that this had dominated the way that people talk about an Iowa team that is, let's let's remember, this Iowa team is still six and two. It is still in control of its own destiny in the Big Ten West. And yet the overarching storyline has been the offense and for good reason the offense has not been good this year some of that is injuries but even when before the injuries had started to build up it was still not good it was still not producing at a level that anybody expected so i expected something like this to happen but i also expected it more at the end of the year than in the middle of the season so the fact that this came out happened as quickly as it did and was also looks to have been spearheaded by Beth Getz. And there's, there's a lot to unpack there too. So that aspect of it didn't really see coming as much, but in terms of when this news was coming out, the first I had heard about it was last night and the rumors had uh, proliferated pretty quickly from there this morning. Ross, you and I got it about the same time. You tell me what you're thinking. I mean, I, I'm kind of in the same boat as Adam, where I, I think that the overall outcome and decision is not surprising. Like this whole situation, you know, it, it barely looked tenable before the season started. And the way things have gone over the last two months uh, did not suggest that it was headed towards any sort of a positive conclusion for Brian's you know, future at Iowa. So, you know, I thought that the overall outcome would happen. I didn't expect the timing surprised me. I didn't expect it, you know, during the season like this. I didn't expect it, um, you know, on just a random Monday um, before the Northwestern game. So that all of that was definitely a a little surprising for sure. You'd think that. What is it? Is, is the moniker Bad News Friday? I know it's always Friday afternoons is when bad news comes out, right? You'd think that would have come out to us 
Friday of the bye week, right? If they were planning on releasing uh, releasing it to us, well, go ahead, Ross. I was just like, we always used to joke about the Iowa Athletic Department under Gary Barda that the Friday afternoon news dumps were a, a tried and true staple of when they wanted to get some bad news out there. That yeah, bury it at you know four o'clock on a Friday afternoon. Um, you know that was not uncommon at, at times. So right, this is not that. <laughs> nope, no, it is not. And to release it at this moment in time, obviously, uh, it's it's a bit odd to say, "Hey, he's not going to be around after the next four games." <laughs> like, wouldn't you think you'd you'd want to either move on now and hire an interim position, like they did with Beth Getz? Obviously, that's a different situation. Gary Barter retiring on his own accord, etc. But doing that or waiting till the end of the season to, to make this announcement? Well, some of that also has to do with the fact that the situation, especially if some of the um, details that have been coming out, which we haven't been able to confirm just for the record, but some of the details that we have on our premium board, which our subscribers can be reading right now as we speak, if those are accurate, then this is a situation that has been developing since Friday, since Saturday, since Sunday. So the timing of it sort of assumes that this was something that they could announce on Friday. And it sounds like that was not necessarily the case. So as this as or as this has developed and as people are negotiating what is undoubtedly treacherous territory in terms of protecting, uh, the rest of the staff in terms of protecting everybody's desire to keep coaching through the end of the season and to keep setting that example for the players, right? Because they do a lot of work in terms of making sure that everybody on that team, on that roster is engaged for the full 12 to, you know, 13, 14, 15 games that might be played over the course of the season. They have to do that work with coaches too. And that includes some of these statements like, I mean, for example, uh, you know, when, when an athletic director says, our intention is for this coach to stay until the end of the season. That is sort of throwing the bone to not only Brian Ferentz, but everybody else on that staff, head coach on down to say, we're not trying to blow everything up. We're not trying, right? We still want that level of continuity. We still don't like they're not looking at Brian Ferentz as somebody who can't be around these guys effective immediately. He's he's not that kind of threat to what I was trying to do, except for, you know, the offense under him isn't good enough. And there are some team goals that are obviously still attached to that directly and indirectly. But they don't want to nuke everything when they don't have to. And there are some fans that really wanted that nuke. And that's just sort of, it's not great administration. It's not great people management. And I think Beth, pardon the pun, but Beth gets that. And uh, that is how we arrive at a conclusion like the statement that she just made today. Yeah, I think in terms of the timing, sorry, Elliot, um, I was just going to say, I think it, you know, they had to make an announcement once the details started leaking because 
it was going to be horribly unfair to the, you know, the players have press availability tomorrow. The coach, you know, Ference has availability. So there were going to be a lot of questions about this uh, if they didn't get a, get ahead of it. So I think once that started to leak out, there was no option other than, you know, a statement of some sort like this. Tomorrow's presser is going to be interesting. Adam and I will uh, definitely keep you apprised on how that goes. Uh, get your popcorn ready, as <laughs> Tio once said. Now, the timing regarding the announcement was the first thing that came to mind for me. Obviously, Beth Getz and and how that transpired was was a curiosity as well. And I want to talk about that for sure. But there are three things. Again, this is something that I, I put on our premium board and we could talk about it more there, but if you want to subscribe today, get involved with some of that other information that Adam's alluding to. We also were aware of this situation and had shared it on our premium board prior to the news breaking. So we were on top of it. Adam was, was doing a great job getting informed there. It's iowa.rivals.com backslash subscribe. If you want to join us on our premium board, that content there, and of course our recruiting information as well, but three things that I posted that have sort of come to mind and that I think of regarding the timing of this po- of this, this announcement. One, Cade McNamara's decision to return and announcing it last week. That makes some more sense. We had heard about it. Brad Heinrichs had, had spoken about it and said that he had spoken with, with Cade and said that he was planning on coming back. But Cade announcing it himself last week makes a whole hell of a lot of sense. Two, a recruit that I recently spoke with. Again, you can read more about it if you're a premium subscriber. Who's a quarterback in the 2025 class, ranted and raved about John Budmeyer and didn't say a damn thing about Brian Ferentz when I spoke with him. That was a couple weeks ago. Read into that as you may. And then thirdly, the complete, we're not getting anything for assistant coaches during the bye week. Those three things make a hell of a lot more sense in that grand scheme of things, maybe I'm reading too much into the recruit situation, but all three of those things make a hell of a lot more sense given what we know now. Yeah, I would say it's how much we can divine from what the recruit was saying. I think there is something to that. And it probably starts with the fact that Iowa had been averaging under 25 points, you know, that, that drive for 325. That had been trending in the wrong direction for the Hawkeyes for long enough that on some level, everybody in Iowa City knew that, you know, sort of knew weeks ago that this wasn't going to end positively or it was unlikely to end positively for Brian. And that any sort of machinations from Beth gets to sort of supersede that contract or to be like, oh yeah, yeah, well, he didn't make that, but but we'll find a different role for him on staff, that that would have been even more of a distraction than him leaving. So when the writing sort of becomes on the wall that a tenure like that is coming to an end, the last thing that you want to do is keep him out there on the uh, recruiting trail with guys that he doesn't have a great chance of ever being able to actually coach so I, I i think that absolutely tracks as something that reflected iowa's staff's understanding of the situation that all being said 
you know, we we are hearing some rumors that this was done without Kirk's full support too. So how to combine all those or to, to combine both of those dynamics into how everything's been going on here. I don't know, a little bit tough to say. And some of that is just, you know, how this program goes about image management and what information we do here, what information we don't hear. I mean, there's, there's a lot of work that goes into that. And, and that's not an Iowa exclusive thing. It's, it's any FBS program, especially any power five program, but that does, absolutely have an effect on the information that even makes it to us right much less you know your your fan and and anybody else without a credential or you know a family member or connection inside the program right so yeah it's it's absolutely a tricky situation and one that i think is still unfolding as we speak right does brian really want to go coach this offense for one more month after a statement like that? We we don't really know that answer for a fact. And it'll be fascinating to see how the staff reacts to an announcement like this, a move by Beth Getz, not necessarily unilateral, but one that she wasn't going to be superseded by Kirk on for sure. Now, referencing a few things that you mentioned there and a point of conversation that is towards the top of this whole situation at hand is how Beth Getz has come in and in less than a year made such a drastic move as Iowa's not full-time, full-bore AD, but interim AD. And I just saw on Twitter, you may have seen me chuckle as Adam was talking there, uh, gets 2024 shirt. So I think the fan base is pretty happy about it. And people have been saying Beth gets for full-time AD since the, the get-go, especially with how she's embraced NIL. Ross, uh, what are your thoughts on, on how she has handled the situation, how she has taken the reins and immediately started attempting to move this program into the 21st century? <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty striking, you know. We've obviously been used to the Gary Barda as athletic director and the way he ran things for, you know, 15 years. And this is not that. This is a big change. Um, you know, you don't I, I don't think that a move like today happens unless she has support, significant political support from uh others within the Iowa administration. So that seems like a pretty big, you know, mark in her favor. Um, you know, it's, it's a bold move. So, you know, I'm definitely interested to see where it goes next. Adam, you had something to add there. Yeah. You mentioned the support from the UI administration and Beth absolutely appears to have that in this situation. And I find that striking because one of the things that Kirk Ferentz has been able to enjoy the most in his tenure at Iowa is that administration support, is the fact that people above Gary Barta were so happy to have him here in town and running the program. And the fact that the president, board of regents, administration, whatever you want to call it, appears to be so well on 
Beth gets aside that she has the, you know, sort of the political will or, or the uh, political goodwill already built up to make a move like that and to be able to put her name on it and to say, I inform Brian Ferentz that this is his last year in the program, right? That's, she is, she's putting it all on her back and you can't do that without the support of the administration above her, right? That's, that's With not... the interim tag. Yes, yeah. So that tells me that interim is in name only at this point. Otherwise, she would already be fired <laughs> for a move like <laughs> yeah, that. Right. Like, uh, so that is fascinating to me. The the quickness with which the administration is behind Getz and has empowered her to make a decision like that. Again, like not necessarily unilaterally, because there would have been discussions that happened both with the people above her and, and with people inside the program. But she can do that. And she's confident in doing that. And I thought her statement was great. I, I thought she absolutely said the right things in terms of we need to do this for the fan base. This is going to be the best move. And we need to communicate that as opposed to letting a situation like this keep going unchecked. And it's also good of her to extend that goodwill to Brian Ferentz and say, yeah, go ahead and coach the end of the year. Right. It, which not a whole lot of fans are in agreement with. But again, you go back to personality management, especially with football coaches and, and how monomaniacal they can be in terms of what their priorities are. That, again, situation is developing. We don't know how either of the Ferences really are going to react to this dynamic for the next month. But she has put both of them in a position to do their jobs without any of the uncertainty and distraction. Whether or not they still want to do it, up to them. But I, I don't think I would change a thing about what Beth Getz has done so far. I really don't. Yeah, I was thinking, you know, in terms of, you know, you mentioned the administrative support for, for Beth and, and this move and, you know, versus in the past with Ferentz. Um, and to me, it seems like the difference is probably just that, you know, I think the administration still very much, you know, likes Ferentz, obviously wants him here. Oh, yeah. yeah. They just don't, they're like, no more carte, carte blanche, though. Like, you know, the, the Brian situation had become untenable. Kirk wasn't going to do anything about it. So, you know, I think it was like, all right, you know, we're going to have to put the foot down. Rip the bandit off, essentially. Right. So, Adam... I I'll just uh, question regarding Beth Getz and the potential of, of changing anything that she's done. I would most for like 95% of that agree. I know you referenced the idea of keeping him on staff as opposed to moving on now. When, when you say you stand by or, or would agree with everything that Beth has done to this point, would you would you stand pat on that on on keeping Brian around for the remainder of the season? Yeah, I don't think it is the most popular aspect of this decision, but I also understand the value of at the very least extending that olive branch and trying to at the very least you're not giving 
either of Brian or Kirk the opportunity to say, I was railroaded out, right? That I was um, treated unfairly because she's not even kicking him out ahead of schedule, right? All that is happening is saying, you know, we understand that this is not tenable going forward. Coach out your contract like you're already like you already have, right? Um, and I think everybody in Iowa City, especially on that staff, understands that the like 25 point barrier is not going to be met this year. Not even close. Uh, they're they're under 20 for the year, and that's not going to turn itself around to the extent that they're scoring 35 points a game the rest of the season. It's just there's no reason to expect that. So the, the wouldn't that be the wouldn't that be the craziest plot twist of all time? <laughs> it, uh, it it um. it would be even crazier than let's just say it. Tom Davis being lame duck by Bob Bowlesby and then going to the Sweet 16 in his last season. This would be even crazier than that. <laughs> yes. Just because, like, it's not like Tom Davis was winning three or four games a season in the couple of years prior to that. He just wasn't getting them over that hump. And then, you know, they they finally got over that one hump. And, uh, and, and people can say that that sort of, caused a sweet 16 curse within the program but now we're getting off base here um but going back to the topic at hand exhibition game tonight men's basketball go ahead hey (laughs) uh, but getting back to the topic at hand i think in terms of making sure that the season doesn't implode from here and she even mentioned like we're at a critical point in the schedule and yeah there's four games left and iowa controls its own destiny if you really want to make sure that the season doesn't implode you have to at the very least give the incumbent coaches including brian ference the opportunity to see this one out if they don't want it if brian doesn't want it okay figure it out from there and it sounds like there's a little bit of strife in iowa city if some of the reports that were hearing or or some of the scuttlebutt in discussion on the premium board if that's to be believed it sounds like that aspect of it is not resolved yet but at the very least i think if you want to set a reputation if beth gets wants to set a reputation for herself as somebody that is easy to work with that coaches don't have to be afraid of you know working with then you sort of have to offer an olive branch that a lot of fans won't look at as deserved. And that is, again, I'll I'll just say one more time, it's up to Brian Ferentz and it's up to on some level Kirk Ferentz, whether or not they want to take what's being offered in terms of an easy way out, you know, the, the exit at the end of the year or not. But I think it's better for Beth Getz as an administrator, as a manager of that, or, you know, as the director of that athletic department to at the very least go that far. That's, that's what I'm going at. Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, I think there's no way, like, it's an awkward situation either way. You know, if Brian stays and he's a lame duck, if Brian goes, you've got, you know, the turmoil of who's calling plays, who's developing game plans. You know, he, he has at least been doing that for the last several years. So he certainly, you know, knows how to do it. 
you know, albeit the effectiveness has been, you know, obviously a problem at times. Uh, so, you know, I think there's no easy solution there. I, I, I agree with Adam, though. This seems like uh, the fairest and most diplomatically appropriate solution. Um, you know, you get you get the end result that that's needed. And to get to that result, you've got, you know, a an olive branch to the Ferences, Brian in, in specific, I would say. And, um, you know, let them, you know, let them land the plane that's still in the air, essentially. Now, this will be an ongoing conversation, I'm sure, as the season goes along into the offseason and until the next offensive coordinator is hired. While we're here, there have been some names that we talked about briefly in our, our group chat and that folks are throwing around for who should be the next offensive coordinator. And this is assuming that an entire staff change doesn't happen going into next season. Not that we're necessarily expecting that, nor have I heard anything about that. But when your son leaves as the offensive coordinator, you're the head coach, you've been there for so long, we don't know what's going to happen. A whole yeah. lot has to has yet to be determined. But assuming things stay in place and they do hire an offensive coordinator this offseason, what names are we talking about here? Obviously, with the way Kirk operates, John Budmeyer has to be in there. Maybe LeVar Woods. Is that is that a position where you look at a guy who's been in that special teams coordinator position, previously a tight ends coach, been phenomenal in both. You look at a guy and maybe promote him, and that's kind of a stepping stone for him to eventually be the head coach, as that's a possibility. They're going to have a connection to Iowa one way or another. We know that to be true, just based on Kirk's history as the head coach at Iowa. What names are we talking about here, guys? Yeah, I think in terms of the internal candidates, Bud Meyer and Woods probably in that order are at the top of the list. Uh, you might look at a guy like Liddell Betts, a guy like uh, Abdul Hodge, and you start to notice that there's a little bit of a connection that these are just like Brian Ferentz. <laughs> well, I mean, not just like, but these are guys with long-term connections to Kirk Ferentz. And what we've also seen from prior offensive coordinators, you know, guys like Ken O'Keefe, who Ferentz had that um, long-standing connection with before he was ever head coach of Iowa. guy like Greg Davis, uh, who had that track record of some success at Texas, but again, still ran that, we will call it uh, low-risk spread offense, uh, <laughs> low-risk, low-reward. And that, and so, the, and then that transitions into Brian Ferentz and, and everything that gets involved with that familiarity. And it really seems like Kirk is hiring for familiarity as opposed to hiring for innovation. And whenever he gets asked about these newer offenses, you know, your, your spread and shred, your air rate, et cetera, et cetera. His refrain has always been, show me when they're winning games consistently. And for as much as Iowa fans want, you know, the, the Washington OC, a guy who went to school at Buena Vista in Iowa, right, uh, in Iowan, is Kirk going to bring in somebody like that who runs a 21st century offense? Without a doubt. But it's, it's a guy like, uh, I believe Grubb is his name, is he a Chubb or Grubb? It's one of the two. 
is he going to be in line with the way that Kirk looks at offense? And that is, we don't really have a reason to believe that yet. We don't really have a reason to believe that an offensive coordinator, whenever one gets brought in, is going to dramatically change Kirk's approach to what a good winning offense looks like. And if that's the case, then, you know, it only matters so much what the what the name is. Uh, and, and it also really only matters so much what they've done prior to walking into the door at the um, you know, Hanson Performance Center or, or whichever family name is on that building. Um, Hanson. There's, there's so, yeah, Hanson, there's so it. many of them at this point. Um, it only matters so much what they've done prior to walking in that door, because if they're going to be coaching for Kirk Ferentz and, and after a quarter of a century in Iowa City, he has earned this right to some extent, especially with as many wins as he's gotten. Are they going to run a Kirk Ferentz offense or are they going to run their offense? And if they're running a Kirk Ferentz offense up to and including, boy, it's so complicated for the new kids. Uh, we have to run the ball first. Oh, if, 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 if there's somebody who isn't, you know, reading the playbook at a grad student level, oh, we'll just simplify the offense even more. Those it, it is if the offense and the program still keeps leaning back on those things, then taking Brian out of the equation really only matters so much and probably even less than even the most cynical IO fans think, I would say. In response to that, and then I'll ask you if you have any names there, Ross, that you're thinking of. Rub won't be in Iowa City unless he is the head coach. I will make that claim right now, knowing little to nothing about him, but knowing enough about Kirk Ferentz to say that that's really the only situation where it would make a whole lot of sense for him to return to, to Iowa. I think Bud Meyer makes the most sense just given the situation. I know Deacon Hill loves him. I know this recruit that I mentioned loves him. Again, you can read more about that on iowa.rivals.com if you're a premium subscriber. Ross, names that come to mind for you. Obviously, we mentioned Grubb. We mentioned Bud Meyer. We mentioned LeVar Woods. Uh, yeah, Ryan Grubb, we had that name right. I agree with you that he's not going to make a move from coordinator to Washington to coordinator to Iowa. Um, I think Bud Meyer is the name that, if you're looking at who's going to keep it within a framework that Kirk Ferentz, you know, is comfortable with, he seems like one of the more obvious names or more likely names. Um, you know, part of the problem, and we kind of discussed this earlier on our Slack is you know, the Iowa coaching tree under Ferentz, you know, he's been, uh, you know, head coach for 25 years at Iowa. He does not have anywhere close to the same, type of coaching tree that, you know, Hayden Fry did at Iowa after a uh, similar tenure. And, you know, it's a different philosophy in terms of what you want out of your assistant coaches. Hayden wanted assistants that, you know, were ambitious enough to want to be head coaches elsewhere and, you know, had that desire and drive. And, you know, he helped them get to that point and they all went off and many of them had tremendous success. Uh, Kirk Ferentz has definitely prioritized stability, consistency, and continuity among his coaching staff far more. 
And, and, you know, the results in Iowa City have been, you know, pretty strong with that approach, too. So it's certainly not something you can say he was wrong to do that. But it does mean that there aren't a lot of names out there where you can point to and say, hey, that's a guy that would make sense to come back to Iowa City and be the coordinator at Iowa. Um, Which is a long-winded way of saying that I don't have a lot of names for you right now. So for those of you who aren't as familiar with Coach Bud, the name we've heard or the person we've say the name coach bud quite a bit or the most this season is Deacon Hill. Take that whatever way you'd like to Hill was under, well, was recruited by bud at Wisconsin. Didn't play under bud at Wisconsin because bud went to Colorado state was the offensive coordinator for one season with Colorado state. And that season, the, are they the Rams? Yes. Yeah. The Rams averaged 23.7 points. Uh, let's see here. Gained 2,215 yards rushing on 515 attempts. That's uh, not net gain, but they they averaged 3.8 yards per carry. Let's see here. Completed 237 passes for 3,022 yards, 15 touchdowns, and 11 interceptions. And uh, average yards per play was 5.5. Per game was 415.8. Total yards was just under 5,000. So I don't know how much you can take one year at a G5 school and say, this is who he is. Uh, also previously an assistant in Wisconsin and was their quarterback, I believe from 2009 to 2011 before he retired to having, because of having multiple surgeries with nerve issues. So uh, do with that information, what you will, but coach bud currently an offensive analyst or special assistant to Kirk Ferentz is what his technical role is with with Iowa at this point in time and uh, a lot of people really like him Deacon Hill again has raved about him a few uh, recruits have raved about him so he's potentially in line to fill that OC position he's a guy that Kirk Ferentz likes and uh, obviously then there's LeVar Woods so as things progress we will continue to talk about it more I'm sure Ross and Adam will have articles on potential candidates and who knows I might be involved there too with my understanding of name drop drew tate having been at uh uni for one year as, as their tight ends coach did a phenomenal job do i think he's ready to be oc spoiler alert no anyway we'll wrap it up there we appreciate you tuning into this episode of Hotcast, brought to you by iowa.rivals.com if you're not a premium subscriber yet do that now at iowa.rivals.com backslash subscribe you can join the conversation hear all that inside information that we were talking about here today on Hawkcast. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you are listening. Leave that rate and review wherever you're at, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Subscribe. Give us a like on YouTube. Drop your thoughts. Who should be the next OC at the University of Iowa under Kirk Ferentz? For now, we'll see you next time.